Chapter 15 We're coming out, Jenny said quietly. You can take us to Lord Ratzenberg. She pulled the gate open and slowly edged out back onto the walkway. James followed her and closed the gate. If you try anything like that again, I'll use this pike on each year, the rat said. He pushed Elf over to the other two. And I'll take that key before you get us all killed. James handed it over. The rat looked at it suspiciously and quickly locked the gate. Then he put his hand on the squiduckan around the lock and said some words quietly under his breath. No march! He herded them along the walkways. He didn't have a torch, so the children used theirs. He wasn't interested in taking anything else from them other than the key. Are you a Hollingbury raider? James asked after they'd been walking for a while. Me? A raider? The rat laughed. No. I'm just a mercenary, a rat for hire, looking to get paid. But some things aren't worth the trouble, like dealing with birds. I'll drop you off, collect my coin, and be on my way. What will Lord Ratzenberg do with us? Jenny asked. Will you? I've no idea. I've never met the rat. Make you slaves or bake you into a pie? It's not my concern. The rat sounded more like he was talking about what to spread on his toast than the lives of the three children. I'm James, James said. And I'm Jenny, Jenny said. Elf said nothing. Still upset with me for the thing with a pike, the rat said. That's fair enough. I'm Zen. Not that it's of any use to you. Zen was happy to chat to them as they walked along. He told them that most rats lived happily, either underground or just above ground. The sewers under Brighton were very old, much older than the town itself. They were deeper here than the human sewers reached. When asked about the Squiduckan, he simply said that the symbol had always been round, and it was older than the gates, and the gates were older than the sewer. If you went through a gate, he said, you were very unlikely to ever reach the surface again. They reached a confluence of tunnels, and the walls opened out. It was now thirty feet to the other side, and the water was deeper here too. Zen paused, then pointed to a ladder ahead of them. It cut into the wall and stretched up through the top of the tunnel. We'll go up there, he said. How do you know the way when you've never met Lord Ratzenberg? James asked. Sewers are sewers wherever you go, Zen said. Do you need a map to find a way to the end of the road, or the top of a flight of stairs? They climbed up the ladder. James went first, then Elf, then Jenny, and Zen came up last. They went up for thirty rungs and found themselves in a tunnel almost identical to the one they left. It was wide and the water was like a lazy river. Downstream many more tunnels joined theirs from both sides and their walkway rose up to meet a wider one above the tributaries. As they walked more and more tunnels joined and the far side of the river was shrouded in darkness beyond the light of their torches. The walkway followed a curve to the left and round it was a jetty, like a pier, jutting out into the wide water. It was fifty yards ahead, and it was dimly lit with torches. Then, when they were closer, it was clear that it wasn't a jetty. It was a wooden wall, with tiny windows and a glow of lanterns shining out. There were paraffin lamps on their walkway now, and the children put their torches away. Zen moved up into the lead. He held his pike behind him, each child holding onto it like a rail. If you let go of the pike, I'll be on you before you can take a step, he said in a conversational tone. You best keep your mouth shut, 
or the locals may decide they don't want living humans walking in their town. And it was a town, a town built out into the water. The streets were not much wider than James was, and the houses were not much taller than him either. Zen led them in the direction of the tallest building in sight, its roof the same shape as the prow of a wooden boat. There were rats everywhere, on the streets, in the houses, on the roofs even, all huge compared to the ones above ground, but small compared to Zen. He was a great deal taller than most of them, which was good, because none of the rats looked pleased to see the children. Some of them jeered or shouted, SCAM! One young rat threw something at James. He caught it and was not thrilled to find it was a stinking fishtail. The tall building turned out to be a wooden boat, hoisted upright and then built on and around. It was twenty feet high with a door as tall as Jenny, and outside it were two rats in metal armour. Their helmets only reached up as far as Zen's chest. What do you want? one of the guards asked nervously. The other one said nothing and just stared straight ahead. I'm here to sell these prisoners to the Lord, Zen said with confidence, like he'd done it a hundred times before. Why would he want them? What good are humans to a rat? The guard put his hand shakily on the hilt of his sword. The other guard kept staring forwards. I wouldn't do that if I were you, Zen said, disengaging his pike from the children and planting it firmly in front of the smaller rat. The rat looked it up and down and quickly took his hand away from his sword. There's a reward for bringing trespassers of the sewers to the Lord. I'll let him decide what to do with them. I've done my service. Now you do yours and give me an audience with the Lord. Zen didn't wait for an answer. He strode past the guard and pushed open the door. The children followed closely behind him. Inside was a much smaller and dirtier and smellier version of the king under the fort's hall. It had a dirty throne at the far end, a filthy long table on the right, and piles of stinking rotting rubbish still in black bin liners to their left. There were rats inside too, mostly at the long table, eating and drinking, but some sprawled on the floor or propped against walls. None of them paid any attention to the large, strange visitors. Sitting on the throne was another rat. He was huge, probably taller than Zen, though it was hard to tell and grossly fat. His ratty belly hung over his knees, and he had jowls of grey flab hanging under his chin. Zen led the children up to the throne and bowed. My lord, he began, I've brought these... Yes, 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 Lord Ratzenberg cut him off. I can see what you've brought. Trouble, that's what. But my lord, you mercenaries are all the same. You take prisoners and you march them around asking for money. What good is that? There's a reward for catching trespassers in the sewers. Zen wasn't backing down. I've performed a service and I will collect the reward. How do I know what you did? Lord Ratzenberg said. You could have brought these humans into the sewer yourself. How do I know you performed a service? All I can see is nasty humans in my own hall. As the king's voice grew louder, other rats began to take notice. And guards took position either side of the throne. Lots of guards. I can see I've made a mistake. I'll take the humans and... I'll decide what happens to the humans, Lord Ratzenberg shrieked. You'll keep quiet, and if you're lucky, live to see another day in these sewers. But now, you'll spend a while in my dungeons. Guards, escort him. The guards, either side of the throne, took a step forward. 
Zen tightened his grip on his pike. It felt very much like a fight was about to start. Lord Ratzenberg, James said, we have come here today to speak to you. Quiet, laddie, Zen hissed. You don't know who you're dealing with. All eyes in the room shifted to James. He swallowed. Lord Ratzenberg looked mildly amused, as if he were watching a fish floundering on a riverbank. We are here on behalf of the Countess Madeira, with consent from the king under the fort, and would like to ask for your help. Humans? Asking for my help? Lord Ratzenberg sneered. Why would I help a human? Not help for humans, James said. Help against a common enemy, Archduke Crackwing. It's true that Crackwing is my enemy, the rat said, but I've no fondness for the starlings nor that bossy badger. I care about rats, me. If I help you, what's in it for me? It isn't about what you get if you help, James said. It's about what happens if you don't. You've got a good thing down here, but if Crackwing takes over, then he and his seagulls will control your food supply. James gestured to the rotting rubbish in black bags on either side of the hall. On Saturday, James continued, with confidence building in his voice, King Pigeon will try and kill Archduke Crackwing by burning down the pier. We'd like your help to stop him. Why do I care? If the pigeon kills the seagull, the rat gets more. But the Empress of the Six Dials is working with the pigeon, James said. Rats hissed and jeered at the sound of the cat's name. And if they succeed, she'll control the ground in Brighton. I can only imagine what that would mean for you. The king twitched his nose. The fat around his neck wobbled. I don't help humans, he said finally. Guards, take him away and lock him in my dungeon. I'll deal with him tomorrow, or next week, or next month. Wait, Elf shouted. Don't you know who I am? I'm the owner of Claudia, mistress of the One Dial. If you harm us, you'll live to regret it. My cat will not stop until she's wiped out all rats from the surface. Elf held up Claudia's collar for the king to see. Then she turned around slowly to show the rest of the hall. Some rats looked closely and gasped, others moved back as if the collar itself would hurt them. Even Zen looked disturbed. What have you brought on us? King Ratzenberg asked Zen. I don't need a cat mistress on the hunt for me. I'll have you strung up for this. Guards, take him away. No, James said. Zen comes with us. We'll take care of his punishment. Then get out, get out, get out! I don't want to see any of you ever again, and guards, make sure that no one in the town decides to attack them as they leave. He waved his hand, rats cleared from their way out of the hall, and the children quickly left, followed by a sad-looking Zen. <laughs>